0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's up, Ketcher Life fam? A healthy mind is a happy mind, and a happy mind is something we all yearn to achieve in our life. Therapy is for everyone, those who may be struggling, those who want to maintain a level head, and those who just want somebody to talk to. Therapy, for me, has always been a way to understand what I've been going through through someone else's perspective. Imposter syndrome is something I very much struggle with, especially as a graduate student and a Black creative. Therapy has allowed me to go in and understand that I should never question and doubt where I am in my life. BetterHelp allows for convenient, online, respectable therapy services. Join BetterHelp to get going towards your healthy mind and your happy mind. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And catch your life listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash catch your life. That's betterhelp H E L P dot catch your life. Sponsored by T. This episode is sponsored by Lipton. <laughs> Y'all <you> talking <laughs> about me?
1: Nope
2: go from a
0: of this. is my house, and you're just here.
1: On this episode of Catch Your Life, you said I'm gonna do the best I can me. with what I got.
3: Period. I
1: yeah, I recently got engaged. And this book that I bought was very informative about the left brain and the right brain. And I just want to share some things with you guys.
0: I think for me, well, you guys already know, I'm going to say thrifting.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I found out that I was on Insecure what is up guys welcome back to another episode of catch your life my name is casey dandridge i am your host i'm the sex positive queer model of color who's extremely interested in mental health awareness and modeling and fashion and fitness and i feel like i just messed up my intro but we're here i'm with my co-host right now
3: i'm Um. reese hyped up reese
1: i'm a dj
3: i care about black creatives i'm also a queer uh
0: and yeah, let's get this shit started. And I'm Michelle. I'm a black person who cares about black people and everything that affects us. Period.
1: Love that for us. So we had an eventful week, all of us. I feel like. Very, very eventful event week. week. Uh, who wants uh, to go first? Who wants to spill tea first? Reese got the tea. It I don't got no. Christmas. <laughs> so Michelle's T- married.
0: So- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not, y'all. That's a Michelle, lie. <laughs> Michelle went
1: to Nigeria.
0: Yeah. <laughs> back to
1: her home grounds. And she got married
0: right he came to a for
3: the prince a nigerian prince just kidding. kidding
1: reese has something to tell <laughs> the listeners though
3: i yeah i recently got engaged and uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> we're going to onyx y'all
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so crazy yeah, because
3: it was crazy
0: yes we really seeing the unfolding the length and the engagement of this relationship it's so crazy
1: yes this whole relationship has been on the podcast and i was listening back to other um, episodes and i was like dang the science teacher who now has a name and is now yep, engaged exactly. to my best friend slash co-host slash DJ slash producer. Like, this yep. is wild. These babies are to to them creative as hell.
0: Go back to that tw- them 2019 episodes,
3: man. We, so how'd you do it? You did it, it on Christmas, right? In spring. Yes. Yeah, so we did a Christmas brunch with our family. Like, my mom came, and her mom came, and her little brother came. I sat right next to her, and we, you know, raised the toast. And I fucking did it. I was screaming. I was nervous as hell, but like, <laughs> I did it.
1: <laughs> I know you did. I know you were nervous. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is a lot." I would be nervous. That's a lot to do.
3: I was super nervous. It was like just a ball of emotion, but it was cool. It was it was dope. Like and it was worth it too. Like every moment. She was super shocked. Cause she, you know, she swore she knew what was going on. And it's crazy. <laughs> because she kind of did. And I had to divert her attention like that, like the previous night before. So it was crazy how like everything unfolded. Cause she was on to my ass. So I was like, What well, I gotta pull out another stop. I gotta Wait. divert this. I gotta Question. have a fucking attitude. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> Question. <laughs> So yeah. I always wonder, because I know I've asked people this before. Did y'all talk about possibly getting engaged before it happened? Because I yeah. always wonder, how do people even know what ring size the person is? What ring they like? You know, if they actually yes. like the ring, it's not ugly. Yeah. And, you know, so I always yeah. be like, but people I've talked to, they do say that they wonder what the person they go like to a ring store and like get the ring size just because. I'm like, what the? No, I, I lucked out. My girl, she she doesn't, she makes jewelry.
3: Right. So yes, like does. her ring size, her. you know, I've it heard it. Multiple times. Yeah. Yes. But not only that, the week of we talked about the engagement, because like I said, my girl, she was on to me like the whole entire time. So basically <laughs> what happened was <laughs> both of our because I panicked. I was like, you know, I told both of the parents, I was like, I'm going to get engaged, you know, to your daughter. And my mom was like, "Her nails have to be done," and I was like, right. her "Nails have to be done." But so yep. I told both <laughs> of the mothers but. that her nails had to be done. So both of them wanted to set up a nail appointment, which was kind of suspicious. Of yeah, very, very suspicious. <laughs> and my mom ended up. Like being like, all right, let's spend some mommy daughter time. She wanted to spend some intimate time with Ty. And that ultimately led to her actually getting her nails done because her mom just wanted to hit her off with some money. And Ty was planning on pocketing the money and doing her own nails. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no.
1: A true hustler.
3: (laughs) A true hustler. So she was really not trying to go like it was. But it was just so suspicious because I panicked. and I was like, oh, I didn't even fucking think about that. Her nails have to get done. So both of the parents hit her up red flag. Uh, So she asked me, she was like, are you going to propose? And I was like, don't you know that I want to be proposed to? <laughs> like, I flipped the shit and I was Yo, hungry. you quick. I, I was, was hungry and I
2: flipped the shit
3: and I was like, don't you know you're not the only one in this relationship who wants to be proposed to? I did you ask me my ring size? Do you know what ring I want? Like
2: yeah, I was exactly. trying to ready
3: so hard. I was like, Oh, why can't we just propose to each other together? Like, that's what <laughs> I said. Can we plan it? She was like, you wanna p- plan a proposal? Like she looked so distraught in her face, but I was like, tomorrow you'll be all right. <laughs> so I just like drug it, like I dragged the whole thing just to get her attention away from it. And it worked because yeah, I was I don't know if you guys saw the video, but if you did, she was super surprised. And it yeah, ended up yeah, working out. The video. Yes, yeah, so the Christmas was lit. That's what I did. I proposed Christmas morning. I had I hired a photographer, he was at my job. He worked with me, so I just asked him the 23rd if he was free the 25th. He was. <laughs> so he came over Christmas morning and made it happen as far as the the uh, engagement photos go. Oh, that's beautiful. So that my was heart. Nice.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs>
3: my mom. <laughs> My, fucking, my dad came over and I had to hold him accountable for it. That was going to be my next question. Like, so my dad is really not supportive of my um, engagement. Like, he's not really saying anything. And that's okay because... Number one, I don't really look for relationship advice from my dad because he was never somebody I looked up to. Like, you know, like if whatever he did, I kind of did the opposite of because he doesn't treat women with respect. So like I could honestly care less.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And That's real. That's real. That's the truth.
3: Like he doesn't he has nothing of substance that he can add that I could respect. (laughs) um, You said I'm gonna do the best I can with what I got,
0: period. If you don't get it, you don't get
3: it. <laughs> exactly, and that's okay. Like, yeah. if you don't think you deserve that, if you can't see that for yourself, that's completely fine. Um, but yeah, so my dad and my little sister came over with some Christmas, you know, right? Uh, blues drama. I was a Christmas cheer you, man. No, right. the opposite. The opposite. You're Christmas not cheer. too happy. And um, my dad, he was just being so he was gaslighting my little sister, and my little sister called him out on it. Like, for example, uh, they were, so my little sister has a boyfriend that lives in New York, and my dad didn't want my little sister taking the train to New York because he's like, ah, COVID, the Omicron virus, whatever, that, that, that variant, but, whatever, but, you know, but he was talking to her in a condescending way. Like, you know, like, it was kind of disrespectful, you know, like she didn't know nothing. Why mm-hmm. does she want to go out to New York? For some stupid little boy, whatever. So once he came to my house, he wasn't talking to her in a condescending tone. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't doing any of that. But I noticed that my little sister was quiet. She's usually not like that. So I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what's up?" And uh, that's when she, like, you know, kind of came out and said. You know, the whole car ride here, dad was like raising his voice and doing all this and all that. And my dad was trying to deny like everything, like deny how she felt, deny her feelings. Oh, you're taking it too far. Like, oh, basically trying to tell her like she couldn't feel how she felt. And it was just annoying that he couldn't acknowledge the fact that he hurt her feelings in the car ride. It, it was just like kind of sad to see like he was just making excuses. The fact that he was drunk, he could talk to her like that. And it's just like so sad. Like, it's just like this cannot be <laughs> happening right now on Christmas
0: right. Day. Mm. Not on Christmas Day. Come drama. on. The like, drama, on. the theatrics. Alcohol really? is never a cop out. <laughs> alcohol can never be the Like, you can't use alcohol ever as an excuse and it be irrational. Like, it's because I was drunk, that's not okay.
1: I hate right. when people are like, when they think that they're apologizing, but there's, but they say, I'm sorry that you feel that way. That's like, that's gaslighting. For right. you exactly. You're not even, you're not apologizing for what you did. You're like, just saying you feel bad that I, I feel that you. way and I yeah. had nothing to do with the way you're feeling right now. Exactly. So I'm just sorry for that for you. Like, it's not, yeah. you're like, it's so gaslighting. So and gaslighting. he
3: never said sorry. And it's crazy that my little sister, she is, you know, she's 18, like she knows these terms, these. Terms that I didn't have when I was growing up, when I was 18. I didn't know what the fuck he was doing, but he does it and he does it so well because his intention isn't to hurt you, you know, but you are hurt by his actions. So he's uncomfortable at the fact that he is the reason why you're hurt. So he wants to like deflect the feelings from him and say oh it's you oh you're overreacting like put the blame on you for how you feel and it's just like take accountability for how you're making her feel right now and just like apologize you know and it's just like it's so hard for him like he does this dance around it it's crazy because I saw myself doing some shit like that. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I never want to make people feel how he makes people feel. And right. I felt like that. And it's just like my natural instinct is to say my feelings are hurt because of the fact that you may not have received how I felt like with my intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's completely OK if, if you don't get what's intended. It's completely OK if you don't catch it, you know, like. You can try again. Listen, we had a misunderstanding. That's not what I meant. We can communicate that. But, um, yeah, it's just hard to see that, you know, I have that issue that he actually does so well at, with the gaslighting. And, you know, I'm mm. getting better with my issues, but it's yeah. kind of dope that I can talk to my parents about it. They're, you know, they're mess ups and they can see it. You know, like the light can be shine or shown on the situation. And it not be all bad because, you know, it, Christmas, it didn't like on that terrible note, like I got engaged in the morning, you know, went to my family's house at my aunt's house, and then came home. My dad came over and then my little sister saw dim, dismal it's Christmas. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but, like, but like the nigga, he actually listened, you know, like I was like, yo, take accountability for your actions. You know, he never apologized. It ain't go that far, but. You know the nigga actually, you know, acknowledged the fact. Like, all right, yes, I hurt her feelings. Like you did. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing, bro? You know, we, so awareness, first step. Yeah. You know, we
0: get. Yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> you. Do you do you um, mind me asking why um they like were mad at your engagement or didn't want you to be engaged?
3: Or, well, no, it wasn't that he was mad, it's just he didn't say anything. Like, I was just like, Oh, "Oh, hey, dad,
0: I'm getting engaged. He said, Okay, (laughs) it's like, uh, not, it didn't, they didn't see a significant, uh, like, well, has he has
1: he ever been engaged? No, yeah, so I guess he just doesn't know how to react to it. He probably does not use (laughs) it, he doesn't even
3: respect marriage, he doesn't (laughs) respect it, accept it. He thinks care. marriage is stupid. Like he right. really—that's why I can't respect him and his opinion, his oh,
0: feelings. Shit. It's like, alright, nigga. Two different perspectives. Okay.
3: Yeah, but I also Two different
0: trajectories. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. I've seen a common thing like, um, uh, like you know, people online just talking about how when good things happen for them, their parents some sometimes their parents don't um aren't happy for them. Like this one girl told yeah. a story about how her best friend because basically her mom was very supportive like and she was at her best friend's house and her best friend just pulled up in like a new car like 2020 you know this is a while ago it's like a brand new 2020 car and she asked her mom like before she got it she asked her mom to co-sign for her and and her mom said no i will not do that blah blah you know whatever so you know the girl's like okay whatever the girl ended up getting a car on her own and she Mm -hmm. pulled up to her house her best friend was with her the best friend's the one telling the story best friend was with her and walked into the house It was like, mom, I got a new car. Come see it. And the mom was like, oh, I seen it when you pulled up. And that was just it. Didn't say nothing positive. Like, mm. oh, my God, you just got this car all by yourself. You know what? And a lot of times, a lot of parents, and I think that, for, like, um, this is also a common thing in, like, uh, for Black women, they feel like older Black women always pick on them. Like, they see a younger Black, per- black woman doing something, like, really good, and they don't really... Um, they're not really like excited for them. And a lot of time it comes from a, a, jealousy, and, a jealousy and envy because they couldn't mm. do it. They they may have wanted to do it. They couldn't do it, but they're not happy for you that you've you've accomplished it. Um, yeah. And I do think that, you know, and like in this situation, it was the mom or her daughter. And I do think that that can relay in multiple situations, whether it be uh, father, daughter, father, son, you know, mom, any son. Any dynamic, yeah. Yeah, any dynamic. A lot of these, a lot of parents, might be jealous that their child you know a lot of people say oh well when i have kids i want my kids to have what i didn't have but a lot of them just be saying that because when it comes to it <laughs> when it comes to it they don't be really be that <laughs> excited don't. for you yeah, yeah they, they don't, don't really be know. that excited they be hating, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: hating. I, I, from
3: the sidelines yeah.
1: but well, my week yeah. was good um yeah, so I found out that I was on Insecure, the last the finale, series nice. finale. Um, I got, and I wasn't even, I forgot about it because we recorded in the summer and then and I was like, all right, if I'm one of one, I just remember what outfit she had. And I remember it was the birthday scene. And then um, the finale comes, the episode comes, and then I get a text from my friend. And then I get a text from my other friend and they text me at the same time. And they're like, oh my God, Casey, congrats, congrats, congrats. I didn't even know. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, you're on Insecure. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs>
0: actually in the episode. Insecure is one of the biggest black sitcoms. In the last 20 years, like yeah, what was the last, what Martin living single? Like we, this Insecure mm-hmm. was a, one of the biggest black shows in a
1: long time. So shit, big props yeah. to you. And then not only was I in the episode, like when I got there, the whole day was actually fun. Um, when I got there, there were like other actors and models trying to like make it in the industry of LA, but like we were all black creative, so it hit different. And so they put us in this room where it was her birthday in the birthday scene. And we were all just like mingling, getting to know each other. And then basically they just picked certain people to have extended roles and they positioned us in different places. But we were there for so long. Like that day lasted, uh, we, yeah, we got paid overtime. That day lasted like 16 hours. It was a 16 hour day one set. Yeah, for that, what for that the one hell? team. Yeah, it Jesus. was like six, it was 16 hours. And then they went over and over the lines in different angles from different um, perspectives and like different lines and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, it was super fun. I was excited to be on the screen and for people to be so supportive and happy that I was there. And Mm. cheers to more because I actually needed that to end the year because I was like, I felt frustrated because like, I have been doing a lot and pushing myself forward, but I just haven't been like feeling as though I'm getting to the point where I need to be. But Mm. that was like a sign of God telling me, Calm down, relax. It. it takes yeah. time. You're on the right path. Right.
0: Yes. Yes. And yeah. my week, I didn't really, I couldn't really do much. A couple of my um, immediate filmers caught COVID. So, um,
1: mm. yeah. yeah. Thank People God been I did. Catching COVID like crazy. That's the crazy. Yeah. This part. this this
0: new variant is spreading faster. It spreads spreads faster. It's um, more contagious. So, um, yeah. So I didn't really do much, but thank God I'm healthier myself and my uh. Mom and brother are getting better, but yeah, that's that's really it. I just been chilling, chilling in the, um, chilling in the house. Um, uh, and then like I actually bought a new car as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I almost forgot that. But yeah, I bought a new car and um, yeah, I went to the DMV today. It was terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> like I was in a line for three hours. Line. Oh no. Three hours, and then when I got to the front, they said I didn't have all the stuff. I'm like. Bro, I been, you couldn't tell me oh, that yeah. at, at hour one, shoot. But yeah, not much, yeah. not much.
1: I don't miss that at all. I don't no. miss the DMV.
0: <laughs> it was terrible. It's mm. a waste of a
3: day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my, close member of my family got COVID as well. Yep. yep. So I've been quarantining, but I just got my results back today. They came negative. So yes. I'm chilling Amen. I,
1: do you feel yeah. well rested? Because I know you said that you had to um, go home from work.
3: Definitely well rested. The first day I got my period. So I was mm. like feeling tired yeah. as hell. Like, it's a
0: double win. You know? yeah.
3: For real. I ain't know if it's COVID or is my period. I'm like, I'm getting fucking mollywhopped, bitch. I gotta be honest. Yep. HR. Like, I ain't feeling it.
2: Yeah. But I don't Let know if it's Mother home.
3: Nature or this virus. Right. <laughs> like, so it's let me just rude. be real, and they sent me home. So, you know, I'm thankful that my test did come back negative because I definitely hosted a vision board party that Sunday, and I had motherfuckers in my house deep. <laughs> just like
1: it looked like a really know. good time.
2: Yeah,
3: it looked fun. It, it was so much fun. Like I I'm actually like not doing anything else after that. <laughs> like <laughs> that was my warning. To sit my ass down and stay in the house. That right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Next segment. Jeez. We're gonna go on to the mental health awareness segment. Yay! Woo. Mental health awareness segment where we reset and recharge our mind for the week to come. Cause we need <laughs> it this week and y'all need it this week. And thanks for listening every week. <laughs> so literally I have been stepping into my actor's bag, my actor, P- my P- character. Um, And uh, in order to take a class, one of the online classes, because Coviana is very real, and we're doing online classes, Um, you had to buy a book. And this book that I bought was very informative about the left brain and the right brain. And I just want to share some things with you guys. The book was called At Left Brain Turn Right by Anthony Mendel. And Anthony Mendel is an acting coach. In the book, he talks about the left brain, which is the sequencing, linear thinking, mathematics, facts, logic, and the right brain, which we tend to neglect. Feeling, visualizations, imagination, intuition, rhythm, holistic thinking, and arts. So in the book, he says, we shut out the possibility of miracles happening when we don't live our lives fully from a place beyond the left brain, meaning living now. So how to return to this creative place because in acting and I think this is why he put this in the book, in acting you have to get back to that spot. Like you absolutely need to get back and dig deep in order to find that character and that role. And I used to think that I'm going to be good at acting because I've been acting. I used to act straight. I used to act like I like women. I used to do all of these things and I once I started digging (laughs) deep into character and into the classes I had to realize that acting isn't acting at all acting is digging deep into the character and becoming the character and it's Mm -hmm. not even acting it's like you're finding pieces of yourself within that character and making that character someone that nobody else can make it and it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful so that's what that's what I'm learning to do that's what I'm in the process of doing in the book he says we become aware of what guides us through life by our intuition So I think it's important for us to acknowledge our inner dialogue and come to terms with it. Like, how are we feeling in the moment at this certain time and not neglecting the moment? Because when we neglect, that's when we start to push it way, way back in our brains. And then other, it could be addiction. To alcohol or like distractions. We will distract ourselves instead of really listening to our inner dialogue and moving on from it after we listen to it and acknowledge it. So, like, I feel I'm a true believer of everything is a form of love. For an example, when your parents are fearful, me personally, my parents were fearful of me moving to California and they instilled kind of, I don't hate my parents. I'm not talking bad about my parents, but they instilled <laughs> fear on me and called it realism, realistic scenarios that have never happened so technically we're talking about imaginary scenarios but they're placing that (laughs) on me (laughs) made up scenarios just made up and they're placing that fear on me but they're placing that fear on me because they have so much love for me they don't want to see me lose so a lot of the times We take that from our parents and it's our inner dialogue. Reese, I know you wanted to go to school or you wanted to pivot from your job and you have inner dialogue saying, um, okay, so how are you going to do this? It's going to be hard the first couple of years. How are you going to transition? What is it? That's our fear within our inner dialogue, within ourselves telling us it's going to be hard and we don't think that we can do it. But that's also a form of deep, deep, deep love and fear for us to fuck up and fail. But if you don't fail in life, then how are you going to win, basically? So exercise. Exercises for the week for you listeners in the book, it said, sit quietly and relax, close your eyes and focus on breathing. After you have quieted your mind, think of some of your earliest experiences where you began to create a question and hide your unique form of self-expression. Was it a specific event that made you want to not disclose who you are? Or was it multiple events that just led up to the gradual disintegration of your confidence? Try to remember that place or that person and how you felt in that environment with that person. Did you feel Did you feel angry? Did you feel sad? Did you feel happiness? Did you feel toxic positivity? Did you feel toxic masculinity? Did you feel jealous? And feel all of that, like literally feel yourself. Be with yourself, talk to yourself. Talking to yourself is healthy. You're not crazy. Talk to yourself and feel that emotion and then forgive the environment, forgive that person and move on from that moment. That way you won't harp on to it, and you're not letting that control your life. Ways that I personally have been tapping back into my um, right brain is I recently just got a subscription to MasterClass. Oh my God, amazing! I'm not going like wow. literally, <laughs> I'm learning about script writing, and I'm learning about acting, and I'm learning about like fashion from like icons. Like literally learning about script writing from Rae and mm-hmm. acting from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm tapping back in. And I'm also trying to um, tap back in through my imagination, um, like through picking objects in the room. and. Like five objects in my room and just like writing about them, creating a story and connecting all the objects together. So that's how I've been doing it. But I want to ask you guys, I want to push this on to you guys and ask you, how do you guys keep your right brain alive?
3: There's this app that my job pays for. It's called Sanvelo and it's a mental health app, right? Mm. But so specifically here, it talks about fear and like completing tasks. So like it gives like helpful tips that she shares with her clients because like her clients will get fearful over completing tasks. So like I just wanted to share some of these tips that they shared via the Sanvello app. It talks about anxiety and what triggers anxiety and where it comes from and the loops that it creates and just all this fear-based types of things mm. that we all go through. Here are some helpful tips, you know, our thoughts are not always facts, you know, so we don't have to just say that the these thoughts that we're having is the end all be all like they're just thoughts. All right. They're not the defining point. Uh, reframing is a powerful tool. Like by zooming out and gaining perspective, it allows us to change our thought pattern and see what's beneficial for us and not the worst of the worst in which we tend to lean on. Let's look at things as an experiment because when it comes to fearing, you know, new endeavors, we can look at things and be like, all right, uh, we have to get this right. But let's look at it as more of an experiment and not as like something that we have to get right on the first try. And then we can realize that it's okay to fail from that and just try anything like throw it all at the wall. And let's also create a positive space for ourselves. It's helpful to carve out time and space while taking on new tools and techniques like getting vulnerable, trying something new, pay attention to our thoughts, reframing our thinking, practice self-care and patience along the way as we try new endeavors. All right. So those are the things that I wanted to add on.
1: Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Right. I like the fact that where you were talking about our thoughts aren't always fact. Like, sometimes that should be, fiction, be, and it'd be, it'd be your so fiction. And it'd hurting be hurting your feelings. It'd
3: be a whole story made up that don't yeah. even, like, whole fable. pertain to what we got going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, bitch, this is somebody else's soppy, poor ending. Why are you yeah. giving this to me?
1: <laughs> right. Like, why
3: are you forcing this on my narrative? But that is some real shit that we have to deal with and sift through and not internalize. Mm-hmm. So we have that be our outcome. Cause we don't deserve that. We deserve better. I think for me, well, you guys
0: already know, I'm going to say thrifting. Yes. Um, Because I really, whenever I'm having like, a, whenever I'm anxious or whenever I feel like, uh, like I remember during finals week, I'll be writing a paper for like five hours or six hours or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. So I'll just go to the thrift store. Maybe it's an hour, maybe less than an hour, you know, two hours, whatever. Um, and I'm just looking at stuff, and and, and even though. It's not like something I do that's, I don't have to think. I mean, I'm thinking, but it's like a positive. It's like a serotonin levels are going up. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking for, I'm looking to find, I'm like, let me find the next greatest thing in here. What's the next, what's the best thing I can find in here? And then yeah. I'm like, okay, i never heard of this brand. Let me Google it. So I'm actually like, you know, I'm thinking, but it's like for a rush. It's like a treasure hunt, really. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love my you <laughs> talking about
3: thrifting. Like I just yeah. warmed my heart. Like <laughs> like,
0: damn. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. My also mom really thought fashion. I had a problem. She's like, "What?" She's like, "What?" What? It kind of one time I had to like <laughs> drop her off somewhere, and like I think it was like an appointment, and I thought it was gonna be like forty minutes. So I just looked up the nearest thrift store and went there. And I literally, as soon as I walked in, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm ready. Come pick me up, Mike." <laughs> so I left, and she's like, "Oh, where'd you go?" I said, At "The thrift store." She said, "What is up with you in this thrift?" <laughs> I'm like, "Ma'am, it's a it's a treasure hunt. You're looking for the next best treasure." What don't you get? But yeah, inconsistency, <laughs> man. What don't yes. you get? Consistency. Yeah, a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, I've, I've been to that store. I didn't find nothing." I'm like, "I'm sorry to tell you, but you gotta go more than once."
1: <laughs> how much? How much clothes do you have?
0: Shoes. How many? How many? How many? I don't a lot even of know.
1: Clothes. I couldn't even.
0: I couldn't even count. Like that's I, that's crazy. I don't even know. I I couldn't even tell you. Sheesh. These people.
1: Okay, eat. next segment. We need yes. a <laughs> Next, next up, up,
0: the Catch Your Life news segment, where we catch your life on current events and pop culture and politics and clear the air on any confusing Hey, y'all welcome. This is the pop culture segment. So today, you know, I kept it real uh, short and sweet because of course, I, on the top of my list, I had, you know, I know y'all heard of, or did y'all, the CDC shortening from the 10 day quarantine to five days. But it's really, this is the thing. It's for asymptomatic, asymptomatic people. That's number one. Number two, I just want to keep it short because I know we're worn out about talking about COVID <laughs> and yeah. I don't want to keep going there. But the reason I put this in in the segment is because though this is really only for asymptomatic people, because of course, if you have a fever at day seven, you're not out of quarantine, ma'am or sir. You got to stay in that quarantine until you're better. But the reason I said this is because the CDC, I just want to point out the CDC is doing this not off of scientific proof. They're doing this off of the interest of corporate America. They're doing this off the interest of business. Mm -hmm. And I say that because there's something called trade-offs. So like when you're trying to push a policy or you want a law to be passed, there's a trade off you have to do. So like, let's say you want to pass a law that, you know, let's say segregation, right? They said we want schools to be de- integrated. You want black people and white people to, be able to go to school together, Asian, and Hispanic people to ever go to school together, right? But there's a trade off where they'll, for example, this trade off is still going on today, where in lower income areas like a Camden or a Clementon or like certain areas that their education is worse even though anybody can go to school there, they know that this area is predominantly Black people and the education system there is, is, is worse. You know, So it's a trade-off to say like, okay, well, if we give you this, we're going to do this. Like, We still get to do this. Uh, so I feel like the CDC doing this is a trade-off. There's so many people that don't want to wear a mask. They said they feel like they're in a muzzle. So many people who don't want to get the vaccine. So many people said their business is hurting because of COVID. So the CDC is aligning with corporate America because First of all, that's where they get their money from too. The CDC is funded by the government. So, you know, so they're just doing whatever is in their interest so they can still make money and still do whatever research they want to do. So it's a trade-off that they have to make. We're potentially putting y'all in more danger But we're doing this so our funding doesn't get cut. So we can still do research on other things and other things that might potentially help you down the line, whatever. And it's interesting to see how people have reacted to this information because a lot of people who are big on like conspiracies or microchipping, or I don't want to get vaccine because I'm going to die or, you know, this kind of stuff are scared. They're like, why is it cutting down to five days? Oh my God. But isn't that what y'all wanted? Right. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Like how these same people that wanted no masks, they said masks don't matter. They don't help anything. (laughs) They don't want the vaccines, but they're scared when the CDC says, okay, we're going to cut the, since y'all don't care, y'all y'all don't y'all just want, people say, oh, we just have to live with this. We don't. They don't want to take precaution anymore. It's like, I'm tired of doing this. We just got to live with it. So the CDC is saying, okay, well, we're going to cut it down to five days. Not everybody's scared, right? Mm. So I just want to highlight that to say that that decision is not a science proof because- science says uh this new variant that's out is killing a lot of people and more contagious so you need to act accordingly and we can see in other countries when we look at other countries how they're responding to COVID and how their numbers are there's some countries that one person gets COVID they shut everything down and at that person is you know well they go back to work and n- there's not that many outbreaks but America there's so much pushback on every side you know that we can't really make a decision because these people are going to be too mad or be- those people are going to be too mm-hmm. mad or the people that are mad on this side pay for this person to even run and be in office so but I digress I just want to add that in there um, <laughs> so that was uh the first thing and then second was about um i know we were talking about insecure and i guess you told your story about um how uh you know people are downplaying screen time downplaying um parts and roles and i know i don't know if you all saw the interaction between ice cube and phase on love today where phase on love who's a comedian maybe people may or may not know who he is but he was in friday the first friday um with chris T- uh chris tucker and ice cube and he said that he only got paid, mind you, that, that's a hood classic. He said he only got paid $2,500 to be in Friday, which is a you know hood classic. And other people who were on that in previous years, mind you, this movie is, came out in 1985, so about to be 27 years old. you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know like John Witherspoon, rest in peace, he said he only got paid $5,000 to be in that movie. And this is a conversation that's been going on for a long time because a lot of people were mad that Chris... Tucker wasn't in um, next Friday, and in the Friday after next, um, and people were saying it's because of the payment. So I think this brings up the conversation of paying people their worth in shows and how you had to negotiate salaries. And even though this was 1995, Ice Cube did come out and say that they only had a two two point three million dollar budget, and it was paid on a sliding scale.
1: So of course, about, that's what I was about to ask. What was the budget? Yeah, because when it was you do paid production, on production. yeah Yeah. when you do production and you have a budget and you exceed that budget then you have to cut back on pay for some people right and sometimes that person is you like sometimes if the i have worked as a producer one set so like if you're if you're as a producer your job is to produce things your job is to gather things um come up with the budget and make sure that everything is aligned kind of um with the coordinator and if it exceeds that then it's like well Mm, we kind of did it so we're gonna <laughs> right take, like a little cut and,
0: but um
1: that's so crazy that yeah, yeah, 1200
0: right and that's what ice cube said because i'm sure ice cube probably been holding this in for like decades like because this is a conversation i've heard about even at middle school people were talking about how they didn't get paid that much and ice cube just came out on twitter and was like first of all i ain't robbed nobody we had 2.3 million dollar budget people were paid on a sliding scale phase on love was in one scene so he got paid off of that you know and I, what,
1: is, what does that I, mean? Sliding scale, what does that mean? I
0: guess it's based off of, I don't know, your celebrity and then how long you are in the movie. Were you a main character? And Ice Cube even brought up the fact that in Next Friday, because of the success of Friday, people didn't know Friday was going to be that successful. They just thought it was a hood movie, you know? But mm. people still talk about that movie t- today. Ice Cube even said they were prepared to pay Chris Tucker 10 to $12 million to be in Next Friday. But Chris Tucker turned it down because he didn't want to be smoking weed and cursing on film. Mm. But Chris Tucker, I think in recent years talked about how he only got paid 50,000, 20, it was like some very, something very low in terms of, you know, that community or whatever. Um, And I think that just also brings up the conversation of um, like you said, how insecure set a lot of black folks up for, um, like skyrocketing like from now you're all insecure this is a show that was very popular for the last six years and now this set a platform for you to be you're one of the most famous you know you're very you're more famous than you were before and that sets you up to what you're going to do like Yvonne Orgy she's had HBO specials she's had you know she's had a lot of podcasts and all these other shows mm-hmm. and I think that was a conversation that um phase on Love even brought up after because he wasn't coming to Ice Cube he was just telling him how much he made he made $2,500 He's saying he's very grateful to Ice Cube because it set him up because people are always going to remember his character, Big Worm, you know, from that movie, as well as Michael Blackson, who's also in that movie, who he said he only got paid $1,200 or it was something lower than um, the other dude. But Michael Blackson knows that his lines in that movie, people still yell out to him today. Like Mm -hmm. I said, and that's 27 years later. And that set him up to even still be famous today and be relevant. So... Uh, I think that's a sacrifice a lot of times when it comes to, you know, Black movies. I'm going to say of the past because today, I, I don't think that's even acceptable. Nobody would nobody would take that. But um, I think I if, when think it comes to the social capital. I think you would be surprised, though.
1: You would definitely be surprised. Would I would, be surprised because I don't
0: even know how much they get paid. But I, mm-hmm. I would feel like if somebody said to me they only paid Lawrence $2,500 for that last episode, I'd be like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just come- can't
0: believe it, but you're right.
1: I think it comes down to your management that you have behind you because people are looking to cut the budget by all means necessary, and so sometimes when that happens, and you don't have the right management behind you, or you just have to basically tit for tat it basically, and be like, "Am I going to take this lower cost to progress me in my acting career so I can get that platform, or is this what I'm standing for and I need more in order to do this because I have a certain worth for myself and I know where I need to." project and I already know where I'm going to be. Like so it's that balance that you need right. to have in your acting career as an actor. But I don't know. That's, that's I know. A it's,
0: it's a very touchy subject because even for me, like so I'm gonna relate this to like I guess influencer influencing and influencers and that kind of thing. And when uh brands ask to work with you, right? There's this uh if y'all there's this um Instagram page called the influencer pay gap and it emerged I don't know if y'all heard of it, it emerged in around the time of the whole George Floyd situation.
1: Going to it right we, now. <laughs> y-
0: yes, influencer pay gap. The person hasn't been active, but the amount of information on that page, you couldn't even go through in a, a month or you couldn't even go through in six months. There's so much valuable information on that page because it shows you how much white influencers get paid versus black influencers. So during the whole George Floyd um, you know, uh, protest in 2020, and all these companies were coming out about diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion. People started calling them out because there was black influencers who had, let's say, 200,000 followers and had a lot of engagement who were getting paid less than white influencers who had less followers and less engagement. And people said, How is the hell?
1: Instagram page?
0: Yes, Instagram Instagram. Oh, okay. page. I see you it. find right. it? Yeah, yeah. influencer pay. And people were like, what the heck? So this page came out and people are basically saying okay, this is how many followers I have. This is my engagement. Um, This is the type of, some of them might name the brand. Some don't, they might just say this is a skincare brand and they offer me this much and people compare it. So there's people like the craziest thing i seen one time was someone who had over 600,000 followers, crazy engagement. And the most they've ever been paid was
1: $200 per post
0: for a post. Yeah. Mm. Or, or, or they'll pay them like let's say a decent amount. I mean, decent to me as a small micro influencer, but for to them, they might have five hundred thousand followers, a lot a good, a good engagement, and um, the person will say, "Okay, you have to post on your page about us three times a month. The pay the, the posts have to stay there forever, and you know that kind of stuff. And we'll give you two thousand dollars a year. You'd be like, wait a minute, the post <laughs> have to stay on my page forever, and I get fifteen percent engagement off of five hundred thousand followers. Yeah, no, that's not happening. You yeah. got to pay me more, more some more bucks." So I like that page because it shows you uh, just different rates. Because some people might have, we, my, me and another white influencer might have 10,000, both have 10,000 followers, but they're getting paid some brand deals, $2,000 a week, and I'm only getting paid $100. And yeah. you're like, wait, wh- what the fuck? My engagement higher than theirs. Even if they yep. have 10,000, your engagement is really what it is. If you just have 10,000, because a lot of people be buying followers, mm-hmm. if you just have 10,000 followers and no, you get, we've all seen those pages. Person, somebody has 10,000 followers, but they only got 53 likes on the picture. How so the hell? Happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell is that happening? Why is nobody commenting on your stuff? Where did these followers come from? So that I just wanted to say that because I think that they all relate because I feel like there's this hyper focus on Black production and Black art and Black creatives when it comes to payment, when it comes to critique. Like a lot of people critiquing that last episode of Insecure. And I feel like we over critique these things, but don't over critique others. What do y'all think?
1: Um, I think that how do you think about the
0: critique of the last episode of Insecure? Do you think they deserve a lot of people saying it was lackluster and in this and that? But I feel like we can't expect, I I think the fact that they told us it was their last season before the season started is what really made people hyper critique it.
2: mm -hmm.
0: I feel like because if some like a lot of shows that just have their season then just mysteriously get canceled, a lot of people don't ever critique it, they're like, oh, that's a great show. But when you know, like for me, I even know I critiqued it a lot because I knew, okay, this is the last season. I need some more. I need some more. I need some more pizzazz or more like something. Um, But a lot of times, if you watch the show from beginning to end, it tells a story and it's really great. And I feel like you can't sustain like, people just want like crazy things to happen every episode and you can't really sustain that um, every season. And that's why they canceled it. Or that's why they, they stopped it because they know that this story can't go on for that long.
1: I think that Insecure did what it was supposed to do and I also think that Issa was just over like she was over it right and she and she the last season I didn't realize the last season was happening until like it was over basically because I was like okay the storyline's cool and I thought that they were going to have more episodes basically but mm. I didn't realize that it was just going to be 10 episodes it was 10 episodes right yeah yeah, yeah I didn't realize it was just going to be 10 episodes and then the last episode there yeah there was a lot in the last episode if that if I wish they could have got a contract that was longer, like maybe give them 20 for the last season so that mm. she could really pull some inspiration and um, transform the characters' lives and like to really tell a story. But she right. did a great job regardless. I'm not going to knock her. I love her to death.
0: Right. It's a, it's a great show. And I think it just set up, like we said, set up Black people, more Black creatives, the fashion designers, uh, grit, like people that work behind the scenes, all these you know, Black people set them up for whatever their next movie is. So- that's the end of my segment. There is a global, there is a global, champagne shortage, y'all, and it's about to it? be New Year's. Yes, but I just want to say that it's random. But
1: <laughs> that's wild.
0: That's very wild. That just like crazy. the chicken shortage.
1: Mm, wait, so there's nice a chicken now. shortage.
0: there has been a chicken shortage for the last like year and a half. For real? Yep.
1: See, I was vegetarian, so.
0: Yep, you wouldn't know. Yeah, it's.
1: <laughs> when I, start about so... that chicken. I was just. I just started eating chicken again. <laughs>
0: Wing stop will start selling
1: thighs instead of wings. It's crazy. Mm, that's wild. Well, we're we gonna <laughs> pray for the champagne. We're we gonna pray for the chicken. For the chicken. <laughs> like,
3: yo, I'm gonna be popping something, popping something right. indoors by myself, right? Because I ain't going nowhere. Not
1: at all. Yeah, y'all stay, say, stay the fuck in the house, y'all. Yes, I'm going to stay in the house with oh never mind
0: boycott
1: boycott <laughs> let me just stop talking <laughs> okay next segment um yeah so life is good you know we live in champagne mm-hmm. popping don't smoke but he drink though um but well, we're moving on to the next segment and the next segment is catch my life where we ask the listeners for what they want advice on or questions that they have for us and a question that popped up was what's something that people seem to misunderstand about you Mm. right
0: Mm. (laughs) that's a question for us yeah Ooh. Mm. people take my kindness
3: for weakness bitch Mm. that's what people fucking do to me like, they really misunderstand my kindness. Like, they just don't know where I'm coming from. Mm. But I'm just a real-ass person who just, like, gives a fuck about people. But, like, some people just be thinking I'm weak with that shit. And I just, you know, that's just not what it is. And that's mm. okay. Mm. It's completely okay. My... I don't even... mm. For me,
1: I feel like, hmm, I I feel like a lot of people without talking to me think that I'm not smart and it's just not the case of that. Or I don't have not I don't think it's in. in, does it does depth come with it? Yeah. So intelligence, because I was thinking, like, I feel like people don't think I have depth until they actually talk Mm. to me. And then it's just like, since pretty privilege is a thing and pretty privilege on top of being smart and having intellect and being this deep, sensitive person. Mm -hmm. um it really attracts people so yeah i feel like that's a misunderstanding at first if you don't know me um there's like this haze of like okay it's just that light-skinned nigga with light eyes
0: (laughs) right (laughs) that's i can i can i feel that that's yeah i know a lot of people that like they are looked at they're more desired that people like really just you know how people like oh Casey, you probably get this. People are like, oh, you! I thought you were a bitch. I thought you were mean. I thought you were di-. like, people think you are mean mm-hmm. before they get to um, talk to you or whatever, or they think like you lack depth or whatever. Um, I think I people,
1: like, I don't think people think I'm mean. I think people, I think everyone wants to be my friend just by the way I look, just because I look pretty in a clique. And I'm like, I, nice. don't I don't want no more friends. Like I, yeah, I actually I, I am good. Like, like I have my circle. And I can just sit here by myself and eat my food by myself I if could I wanted to. I but could I am interested it. in having uh, like friends, but it has to make sense. Like That's I don't just I don't just like DM people and be like, hey, we need to hang out. Like and also a misunderstanding. Oh my God, they're overflowing now. Um, a misunderstanding <laughs> is I don't have niggas. Like I don't have a top five. Um, This is not my space. I don't be talking to everybody. Like I'm really by myself to myself. I mean, it comes, but I don't take it in, especially nowadays. I just like release that shit from me.
0: That's probably so annoying. People always try to hang out (laughs) with you. People like, yeah, let's hang out. Casey, like, why would I hang out with you? Just because you like,
1: (laughs) I try (laughs) to be nice, too, because like sometimes I just like I like literally I'm just busy. Like that's it. And like busy doesn't mean just like doing work. It means like I'm working on myself spiritually and mentally, too. And I'm just trying to get that in line so I don't fall into the wrong people. So yeah. if I say I'm busy, that it can mean that too. I just need a self-care day and yeah. that could be that. <laughs> it
0: can just be for you. Yeah, I would say for me, I'm I'm the first thing that came to my head is this is a constant conversation i am having with myself recently. I do not identify as non-binary, but I think that a lot of times my whole life, I think people have always um, hyper-masculine, masculinized me or like they always think I'm very masculine uh, just because it, it could be a lot of things. It could be my hair, it could be, you know, the whole massization of dark women or whatever it might be. But I feel like that has caused me to, um, I don't know if disalign is a word, but like not want to align myself with neither male or female. Right. Do you understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like that has caused me not to want any type of label. And don't get me like, don't get me wrong. When I see paperwork, I still put female. I still put all that kind of stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. but. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I, I feel like because people to this day, like even today, when I was at DMV, uh, the lady was like, uh, thanks, sir. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what What made her call me, sir? Is it the like, oh, yeah. I, I have a mask on, but like, and then she was like, oh, because I had my license out. So when she saw my license, she said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, but I'm just like, yo, that That's whole annoying. thing. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing just makes me not want to align at all. And you know, I still have the idea that um, I believe like clothing is genderless. It is genderless. I mean, it's just clothes, but clothing is genderless. I just don't really align with genders anymore abstractly. Like I, I don't really like you know. If y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah, but, no, uh, I I'm, not say, I I'm not gonna like say I'm not gonna say I'm non-binary or I'm not. I'm not saying that it may lead down to that in a couple of years. Who knows? It may lead to that, but. I just, yeah. like, that whole thing of people trying to say, oh, like, trying to make me a man, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with y'all? Mm-hmm. So that, it, it, exactly. I think, like, I think because, like of that, that yeah, because of that, yeah, because of that, I think I struggle with, like, femininity or whatever, because I feel like people are going to think I'm um, masculine, maybe because I play basketball or I, you know, whatever, I have a deep voice, whatever. So um, yeah, because of that, I'm just like, man, fuck all that. I don't, I don't care. I'm I'm not a man, I'm not a woman, you know, it's just whatever.
1: <laughs> wow, that's interesting. That is yeah. interesting. I love it's
0: that. It's really close. To, yeah, I know. I know. That's man.
1: self-awareness.
0: Yeah. It yeah, really caused me that to be really like, bro, is. I'm like, so you think I'm a man? So I guess that means that none of this matters because I don't I don't feel like I align with masculine. I mean, I wear whatever the hell I want, but I don't think I like mm-hmm. present as a man, I don't act masculine, whatever that means. Um, so because of that, I'm just like, well, since you down man, that clearly shows that gender doesn't really exist, or gender mm-hmm. is not a thing, there's not a binary because you click call me a man, and I, I never told you I was a man, like you know. But exactly, that's that's, that's all that. Reese no, that. I <laughs> be I feel, I feel that
3: one hundred percent, yo. Because I be I be calling, doing all this adult shit on the line, and then be saying, Sorry, "Okay, bro. sir," and this and that, and I'm just like, I just woke up this morning and did not choose violence. Like
2: I'm just, like, <laughs> but Reese, what's you don't have on?
3: a.
0: Your voice is not that deep to me. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know
3: what you, it is. Is it my? That's the thing. You're questioning too. What is it that made them do this? It's like, what crazy. is it that made them do this? Is it my name? The fact that it's Teresa not Teresa? Like, what is it? Maybe, like, yeah, yeah. They just love to call me Mr. Howard, and I'm just like, okay. Yes. Like I literally just say, all right. <laughs> and yes, continue I with the
1: comments. You don't correct them. No, I just don't, I don't have the time. The I don't have patience. the energy. Like, I don't. Yeah, care. it's like
3: I don't. It's yes. just what it is. Like. This is what you feel. This is what you think. Okay. We're just going to rock with your show. I just need you to help me. If you can't help me, that's when I'm getting irate. And it's not about gender. It's about the services that's being provided.
1: Period. But that wraps up this segment. And Mm -hmm. Reese, next segment is your segment. New music segment, where we talk about the top five
3: tracks of the week and we say yay right Yes, new music segment with the top five tracks of this week. All right, we're going to get you started off right. All right. With a David get titanium remix. Yeah. Wow. to the next one. Too. Okay. Gucci finna love, y'all. on, Mario. It's so hot, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. Centipede my speed.
0: Take time with the hate when the motherfucker are Oh, She must be. Roll to put KD on the rise. I've been all overdrive trying to feel something. That's my little nigga
3: in August Oh, all. I'm supposed to feel normal in the body like now. How should you put it on the facade a size your right too long or your soul if be gone? Oh, Jamie Foxxson. So this is Crush Diamond Heart
2: Emerald a
1: real green, nicotine Splitting at the seams, nicks ain't always how they seem Cocaine queen, limousine dreams, Old school vibes for
2: the TikTok teens Maybe I was wrong, maybe I was right Reaching for the stars, trying to grab the light Out of body, out of mind, shit, out of sight I've been growing on my wings, time to take flight Hold tight,
3: this might be a long one Just trying not to get caught up with the wrong ones When you learn to love yourself is when it all comes Have you feeling like it's summer when it's all done?
1: I like that one.
3: But my next song is going to be I Want to Get to Know You. It's a Janet Jackson edit by Ezekiel Benjamin. another one called city girl by danso so it is about to be interesting That's a really good one. And then That's lastly, really we got Troy Ave. She belonged to the game. This is like a, a TikTok song. I saw it on TikTok. Lesbian TikTok. Is this a TikTok. rap?
1: You yeah. said lesbian TikTok. I'm dead. Yo, I'm lesbian probably. TikTok. <laughs>
3: but I love it, though. That's the part that DJ's gonna tell on in the intro. So sad, so sad, so sad. That chicken choice. You might have fucked that girl. You might have said You love that girl But
2: she belong to the gang And when she with me i let her do her thing So nigga what you frontin' for Hey nigga what you frontin' for
3: She belong to the gang And when she with me i let her do her thing I will be cussing these hoes I just bust these hoes I'm making nothing for dumb
0: Alright so that was the last What mm. song was I that? Feel like, yeah I, I feel like I used to listen to that In high school or something Because I knew all the words <laughs> Sure, Did you? Yes. you know the words? To the game. Toy ave I definitely yeah. used to listen to that on SoundCloud. That girl ain't yours. She didn't yes. do Yeah, I used to listen yo. to that on the, on the bus stop. 2013 Twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. Yeah, that was definitely you. And Toy Ab, bad. I remember that name. Yeah, that's that so funny. girl
3: ain't yours.
1: yo I'm dead. Mm-hmm. With you, that's
3: what's up. Yeah, that was, that was a like, good
1: lineup.
0: Yeah, it sounds really you. good. That was
1: really
3: thank good, you. Dude. This shit, like, this shit is going viral right now. What, the Troy Ave song? The Troy Ave song is going Man. viral. Man, you you know, that just Gen, shows
1: you. Gen Zers wants to be so bad. Like, they want to be Because that, so that jerking, that
3: jerking stuff. Six irritating. years ago.
1: Yeah. It
0: was six years ago he released this song. Six? Oh, dang. Wait, what year is it? Wow. Yeah. I was 2015. Okay, maybe i was listen to it in, in my freshman year of college, but I remember it was yeah. a long time ago. That's so crazy. That just shows you that, like, Your shit could pop off at any time. At any
3: time. So don't stop releasing it. Don't stop showing it. Just be you and keep doing your thing. And that's what I saw. Like this girl on TikTok. She constantly posted the same content. And her shit just happened to pop off on the last time she reposted it. But when I tell you this girl posted the same video eight times. Yes.
2: And the shit ain't kick
3: off. Like (laughs) she literally said, (laughs) Okay. I, st- I went Keep to YouTube shit. University to build my craft and sure enough, I seen the same post seven times yep. and it's the last
0: one. Period. 100,000 views. That's how I do. That's how yeah. they do for real because same thing happened to what's her name, Lizzo? That what's that first song that turns out I'm 100% that whatever that fucking song is. Yeah. She released that song like two years before it popped off.
1: And oh, people
0: start singing shoot. it and she's like, Oh, yeah, I talking talking like 2015. Like and y'all just now singing it in 2017,
1: 2018. Yep. Okay, so that wraps up our episode. <laughs> and yes, it thank really you guys fucking does. We're listening. Do you guys have any final words? I think yeah. Reese, you said yours. Don't oh, sit on your content. God. Release that shit. Oh release yes. that
0: shit. Yeah, yeah you talking keep... to me forever. Real, for real. <laughs> yeah, keep releasing that shit. You never know what's gonna pop off. You really never know. You never, it could be. Years later, it could be your repost, your posts and stuff, and it's not getting no views. And then that one video you post get a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, million views, and you gonna be yeah. like, what the heck? And all these people are gonna be like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. Yeah. Please post more, post more.
1: And on that note, we are going to wrap this episode up. Until next time, see you later, guys. Ta ta. See ya.